The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. As you begin your spiritual journey, you are often told what to do and receive advice on which path to follow. But as you move along, eventually you need to become your own guide. Progress can be difficult at times, but once you reach new levels of awareness, the inner vistas are spectacular. Welcome to Nurturing the Spiritual Spelunker in All of Us. Your guide and companion is Giles Asselin. Come join us now on this path of exploration. Here is your host, Giles Asselin. Yes, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, This is Jill calling in a sense uh, welcome everyone I would like to wish you a happy new year it's the beginning of the lunar calendar and that's I think it's a, a significant um, thing I believe I don't know how you feel or what you feel um, I will talk a bit about that but um, yesterday also was uh, Ash Wednesday uh, I was raised Catholic, and I don't think that Ash Wednesday was ever a, a meaningful thing or meaningful celebration to me. But I think uh, the day itself still carries some some energy, uh, so, something to uh, uplift uh, uplift us. Um, Ash Wednesday is about ashes, so I don't know how you can look into that. But uh, I wanted to share before I move on into the, the topic of the day and also acknowledging some, some feedback that I received from a, a friend in France, uh, Florence. Um, I wanted to tell you briefly what happened yesterday morning. It was quite it was a very small thing, but quite a mystical thing that happens uh, once in a while. Uh, and I couldn't tell if it was because of Ash Wednesday, but the timing itself is, is pretty interesting. When I woke up yesterday morning, I... Um, I came to the living room and I sat on the couch the way I do every morning and I tend to spend some some reflective time, some time in meditation or daydreaming. It doesn't really matter. It's, it's quiet time. I think that's what matters. And right as I got into the room, um, I got a, a nudge, uh, um, thought some of a, a message within me um, telling me to check my email. And... Uh, I got a little cautious because usually I'm so into my email, you know, all day long if I'm, if I'm in the office um, that um, I don't want to spend time on email right from the beginning of the day, from the very first minute I, I wake up or I got up. And so I waited a bit. I spent about 20 minutes doing my reflection time. And then after that, the nudge was still there. So I acknowledged the message and I checked my email and uh, very interestingly, there was a message from someone I wanted to reconnect with uh, for a long time. And I will give you some background here. But in a sense, there was energy beyond the, this person's message. And I think it, um, it didn't blow me away because this kind of thing happened to me uh, in the past. But I think it's, um, 
it's something very mystical and something you you can't really explain. You know, if you're being like a, like a rational slash logical uh, human being, you would you wouldn't think that it doesn't make any sense. And yet, you know, the, I think this message, which was in my inbox since the, the night before, uh, carries some energy itself, and it, the energy can obviously communicate. So what it was all about is, um, in uh, I will backtrack a little bit. Um, in um, I've been a member of uh, an order called uh, AMORC, A-M-O-R-C. It stands for Ancient and Mystical Order Rosai Crucis. So it's the Order of the Rose Cross, uh, which has been around for quite some time in various forms. I think it started in uh, ancient uh, Egypt um, with the mystery schools. I think the, the really the first person, the first uh, pharaoh, pharaoh that uh, got this school started was Akhenaten, if I'm not mistaken. And it was the first form of, of mystery schools that have been, again, uh, continued over the centuries in different forms of his ups and downs. And I became a member of this order right after uh, I got my so-called freedom from the Buddhist organization. Uh, uh, I got my freedom in early 2008, in a sense, and um, I joined the order in August of 2008. So pretty soon after. And in October of that same year, I did a meditation via Skype um, with a few people. It was a Templar meditation. And uh, there was uh, like four or five of us, not a very large group. It was led by someone in, in San Jose in the headquarters of uh, Amorque. And um, we, we did the meditation on our own. And then we reported back to the group via Skype, exchanged our experiences. And I had a uh, a meditation which was very similar to one person uh, called the Soror. We call ourselves Sorors and Fraters. And, um, um, and I was curious about the experience, but I didn't do much. Uh, I didn't do much about that. I, I kept a, a record uh, in a Word file. I kept a record of both experiences that I copied from, from the Skype message box. And um, that was it for obviously a number of years. And then um, I got some more information about my, my life as a Cathar. I may speak about that later in, a, in a, another show, I mean, the next few weeks. But uh, definitely a very meaningful part of my life, my existence. And, and since that time, when I learned about uh, this life as a Cathar, I became very curious about the meaning of that meditation. And... Um, I wrote about it uh, last year on my blog. Again, my blog's uh, address is nurturingthegiftofseeking.org. And uh, I wrote this, this post on, on May 6, 2014, uh, where I was talking about my Cathar calling, in a sense. And since that time, I wanted to reconnect because I was, and I was given some new information about the, the meaning of that meditation. And um, I wanted to reconnect with the person. And for whatever reason, I wasn't able to. Um, I knew her name. I didn't know where she was living. I had no email. Um, I've been asking a few people here and there um, that may potentially knew her. But none of them led me to, uh, to the person. And finally, I think the, about a week ago or 10 days ago, I talked to someone in the headquarters and, and he said, you can send a, an email to the, to the headquarters and they will forward that email to the person. And if she wants to respond, she will. 
And so that's what happened over the weekend. Uh, and the person responded again um, Tuesday night. And, and um, that was, again, pretty mystical in terms of the timing. It, it felt like, in a sense, yesterday, I don't know if yesterday was a day of death. Uh, that's what I want to talk about in my next segment. But uh, at least one thing died or one thing found a resolution yesterday. My, my search for this person um, ended and, and, and found its uh, completion in a sense. And, uh, and, and now, today, as a second, in a sense, I can enjoy some, uh, some free flow messages with this person just because we are, in a sense, reunited. And we exchange a couple emails already. There's a form also where we can exchange ideas about the Templars and, and the Cathars and, and all this, uh, this time. But um, I thought it was um, pretty interesting, pretty meaningful. So I don't want to see too many you know, signs or meaning into that. But uh, again, the timing was, um, was pretty astonishing in a sense. And the nudging coming from within um, yesterday morning as I woke up. Um, again, I was to, to acknowledge the fact that um, what we consider, you know, intangible slash uh, immobile uh, things like email messages ca can carry energies and that energy can, I, I, I believe, can communicate. That's what I experienced. So this was, uh, this was what I experienced yesterday. Not very... Um, Another thing also that is uh, interesting, I don't know if it's about death and dying, uh, but uh, we learned uh, this morning that yesterday uh, the, the, our daycare made an announcement that uh, they were going to close this June. And I thought interesting also the, the timing, the, the staff was briefed yesterday evening about the closing of the daycare. Um, so something is obviously ending. It wasn't ending yesterday, but at least the, the news were made public yesterday night. And we learned about it this morning. So again, evening and then next morning. And um, we don't know what's going to get uh, reborn out of that. But um, again, I think it's interesting that uh, you have a period of something dying and, and something uh, getting, uh, getting reborn. Um, we don't know how soon. I don't. Does it mean you know? It's a bit, today is a new beginning. Uh, it doesn't mean that something is going to get reborn right away today. It may have to 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 gestate, to be in gestation for for a few days, a few weeks, a few months. We don't know. I think there's so much going on underneath um, in our collective unconscious, but also in our own personal unconscious, subconscious. That um that I think it's pretty um astonishing and mystical at the same time. I wanted to, to acknowledge also, um, I will get to the, the piece from my friend Florence. It's just that it's not quite um, aligned with the topic of the day. But as I mentioned last week, every day, every week, I send my, I, I publicize my, my show and a few words about the show in different groups on LinkedIn. And um, I, have, I belong to five different spiritual groups, and it's interesting because every week there's responses, but response from different groups and responses of different length and different value. And uh, this week I got lots of responses between uh, three people on a, on a different spiritual group. And there's a, a person who, men, um, 
she's based in Michigan, I believe. And uh, it's interesting, the title of our company, our activity, our sole proprietorship is Phoenix Energy Therapy. And she's into healing, obviously, spiritual and psychological healing. And um, I thought our words were, were pretty... Um, pretty profound. Um, they, in a sense, they, they woke me up and, and they got me thinking. Uh, I posted them on my Facebook in my, uh, right along my invitation, if you're interested. But um, she said, we rise up from the ashes, renewed and transformed. The ashes are symbolic of the suffering we create for ourselves. At some point, we consciously, which is the easier path, or subconsciously, which is the more difficult path, choose to let go of the past and the fears that held us there. In that process, we go through a change inwardly and outwardly. Inwardly, we let go of a large chunk of ego, ego death. Outwardly, we see the world differently, and as a result, our world has changed. The things that we held close do not interest us anymore. We might change jobs, get a divorce, get new friends, move, move on to something else, etc. This path, this path is walked alone, as the phoenix is a solitary bird. It is also a cycle where the process is not done once and then it is over. The phoenix does this over and over, as we do symbolically. It is a process of death and rebirth over and over again. Some may liken the death process to the dark night of the soul. Those that made the choice subconsciously have the most difficult time in this private hell. If they did not have the tools before, they will find them while here. The shamanic death and rebirth process is a similar cycle to that of the phoenix. And again, these words made me thinking. I read them yesterday afternoon. Again, a very profound... Um, post. What really um, intrigued me is the fact that she distinguished between what we do consciously and what we do unconsciously. And if the death that we are experiencing is unconscious, or so, part of our subconscious, how is it possible for us to realize, you know, one went on and what goes on? What are the marks or the markers on our path that will tell us that we moved into a new a new era of our life, um, spiritually speaking. And um, that is a very difficult question. I'm going to text to talk, sorry, about um, my own personal death and rebirth experience uh, that I lived about two years ago, around the same time, around Ash Wednesday. And uh, this was, in a sense, somewhat, somewhat conscious. Uh, there was obviously a, a meaning to it. And I was still doing, um, I was still being in a coaching relationship with my coach, uh, Coach Lev Natan. And I could see something happening. There was meaning, there was context. Uh, it's not like anything changed in my, in my outwardly, in a sense, in my material world. But, uh, but again, if it, this death um, that precedes the rebirth is only subconscious. Um, how do we know about it? How can we do more spelunking and search for the, the word that comes, search for the pieces? Is it that something broke out loose and we need to, to go down within and pick them up and put those pieces together to, to make sense of what happened to us? Um, 
this is a little um, a little mind-boggling. And the second thing that this person mentioned, I think she talked about uh, the dark night of the soul, and she said she some may liken the death process to the dark night of the soul. And I mentioned in my, I think it's show three or four, uh, three or four weeks ago, uh, my, the dark night of the soul that I experienced um, when I was in graduate school about 23, 24 years ago. And honestly, at the time, I, I wasn't aware what was going on. And, and I don't know, you know, it, it's interesting that I read uh, this person's post now because uh, she said, those that made a choice subconsciously have the most difficult time in this private hell. And I could tell that this was definitely a, a private hell. And when you find yourself in that kind of a hell, um, I believe that no one really understands because not much makes sense. Uh, at least for me, not much uh, made sense. And um, in retrospect, I think it felt a little bit like, um, like an initiation into something else. Uh, possibly uh, a door opened, you know, opened to, to a new me. Except um, after I recovered, I couldn't see any changes. I was still going to school. I was in the second year of my, uh, again, graduate studies. Um, yeah, I was still Gilles Asselin, uh, a foreign student in Wisconsin. So, so again, you know, I think we, we can look for answers. We can search for answers. Um, but I, I doubt that we're going to find the, the responses right away. And I think, I think the search is more important than the answers themselves. Um, that being said, um, we are all, to some extent, some rational beings, and we want proofs. Uh, we want pebbles on our path that make us, that reassure us um, that we're doing the right thing, that we're on the right path. So... That's where I would like to end this, this first segment with, um, after this beautiful uh, testimony, in a sense, from this person uh, about the dark night of the soul and about uh, being renewed and transformed. I was going to call this episode today also Rebirth and Renewal, um, which is um, a difficult path, especially if you want to live it um, consciously. So I will, um, I will see you again after the break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv. Just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7. VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Are you looking to advance spiritually? Listen each week for Spiritual Enlightenment, Advancing One's Wisdom. Your host, Medium Maureen Allen, will cover an array of spiritual topics aimed to help you advance your soul's desired growth. Each week, areas of spirituality will be discussed and explored ranging from strange, paranormal experiences to heaven, spirit guides, and angels. 
To learn more about the other dimensions and how to better assist your path of evolution, tune into Spiritual Enlightenment, Advancing One's Wisdom, every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. listening to Nurturing the Spiritual Spelunker in All of Us with Giles Asselin. To reach the program, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to seeking at nurturingthegift.org. Now, back to the program. Yes, hello again. This is Jill. Uh, welcome back. Thank you very much for listening. Um, I wanted to to talk in this second segment about um, what happened to me about two years ago. Um, I was still in my, my coaching relationship with my, my coach. And it's important because um, some of the things happened to me two days before my session that week in February of 2013. Uh, I wrote about this experience also in, uh, in a larger context of, uh, of my walking journey on August 1st, uh, 2013. It's on my blog, uh, again, uh, nurturingthegiftofseeking.org. And the title of the post is My Hero's Journey. And the, the, the hero's journey, you, you may be familiar with the concept. Um, it's a concept that was coined by... Um, uh, an American author called Joseph Campbell. He, he wrote a lot about um, mythology, mysticism, um, awakening also. And um, I was reading at the time a book by, by him uh, called Pathways to Bliss. And I wanted to quote just a short sentence that uh, encapsulates a lot about um, what he thinks and what he does. He says, the first function of mythology in tradition is awakening in the individual a sense of awe and mystery and gratitude for the ultimate mystery of being, for the ultimate mystery of being. And um, I think just being itself is a, is a huge mystery, you know, why are we here? And um, why with a capital W? I mean, it's, it's a big question. There's more to it than, than going to work every day from like eight to six, nine to five, and raising a family. That, that's, of course, part of a, an important part of what we do and who we are. But on a higher level, you know, why are we here on this planet at this moment? Um, there must be a reason. There must be more than one reason. So, uh, Sir Campbell came up with uh, this concept of a hero's journey, and I even found a diagram that, um, that encapsulates and describes the, the hero's journey. So, it's, like a, it's very much along the lines of the spelunking that I would um, promote for this show, the nurturing the spiritual spelunker. And, and there's a part of it that starts in the known, in, in a conscious world, and then f- Rapidly, we go into the unknown, um, which means we explore what my coach um, used to call our inner landscapes, you know, and, and things that can be sometimes terrifying because we find symbols, signs, and, and things that 
may, may scare us or may frighten us. And uh, it goes down to the, to the bottom of this loop in the, in the diagram. That it's, uh, it goes down to the bottom. At the bottom, it calls it the, the abyss. And, and what happens at the, at the bottom and in the abyss is uh, a phenomenon, doesn't surprise you, of death and rebirth. And then we go back up to the to the surface, in a sense, back to the unconscious, to the conscious, and, and on the way we experience transformation and atonement, atonement, atonement. Uh, it's a concept I had very lot of difficulty with, and then eventually we return to the conscious and, and we benefit from what he calls the gift of the goddess, which is in a sense our gift in the world, what we are called to to share with humanity. And obviously, I want to talk today about what happened in my own abyss, uh, my own process at the time two years ago, uh, which is uh, a symbol of death and rebirth. And, and um, what has been meaningful for me in terms of my own inner exploration, my own inner landscape, is um, the first episode of the, the movie, The Lord of the Rings. Um, the first episode, I think, is called The Fellowship of the Ring. And I'm sure many of you watched the movie 10, 12 years ago. And um, there's a crew that starts on his journey to, I don't know what mount where the, where the ring has to be buried. But um, at some point late into the first episode, uh, the crew gets into sort of a cave. It's uh, what I would call an above ground cave which looks very much like a, a basilica, a very high ceiling. They had a lot of difficulty getting into it. There was a secret password that Gandalf um, couldn't find. And then out of the blue, mystically, Frodo mentioned something and the door opened. I don't know if you remember that, that scene. And uh, I think there were seven or eight of them uh, get into the cave, they find a few creatures uh, as usual. And then get, they get into that, um, that very large open space that I call the Basilica. And you see pillars, you have a very high ceiling. And, and very rapidly, they get surrounded by the orcs. Um, the orcs, the, the hideous uh, creatures that are there to, um, to kill just about everyone. I don't know the name of this uh, bad guy. If I can find it here, it's, uh, I'm reading in my blog now. But it doesn't really matter. The crew gets surrounded by all the orcs. And they have apparently no way to escape. There's maybe thousands uh, of them. And uh, you think that's the end of the crew. They're going to fight until their last breath. And yet suddenly out of the, out of the back, they hear a fierce monster's roar that scares away all the armies of orcs. All the orcs go back up for the pillars and disappeared into the ceiling. Uh, it's a very um, mystical scene for me, I guess. And what the crew needs to do then is to, to face the monster. And that monster, uh, I posted a picture of it on, uh, on Facebook as well. Uh, the monster has horns, it's full of fire. It braves fires. Uh, he has a lot of tentacles, and he swings them around. And uh, obviously, you cannot get any close to him. And Gandalf uh, take it upon himself, takes it upon himself to, to keep the monster at bay, while the rest of the crew crosses, um, 
crosses a bridge and the bridge is about to crumble. So there's pieces of the bridge that are still up, uh, pieces that are falling down into the abyss. And um, eventually the crew gets uh, onto the other side and they will be led eventually to uh, the outdoor, to the surface. And, and Gondap keeps fighting and keeps uh, maintaining the, the monster at bay. And, and eventually the monster gets onto the bridge and the bridge crumbles and crumbles down into the abyss. You see nothing but, but darkness. And you see that monster falling down progressively and disappearing into the abyss. And you think that that's a victory. And suddenly, out of nowhere, the, one of the monstrous tentacles grabs uh, Gandalf's uh, ankle. And Gandalf is also pulled down into the, into the abyss. And um, we say goodbye to Gandalf. The crew is very sad. And what appears, you know, sad on the, on the, on the surface, on, on the outwardly speaking, is in fact um, a great blessing because, as you may know, uh, Gandalf in that episode was called Gandalf the Grey. And when he gets reborn in the, in the second episode, he's Gandalf the Great. And that's, you know, for him as well, uh, an episode, uh, an experience of death and rebirth. His old self died into the abyss, died into the unknown, and out of the light um, came Gandalf the Great with his new, I would say, simply his new perspective, but also his new mission. And you know what happened in, in episode two and three when Gandalf uh, and his crew again uh, fought so many, um, so many monsters. So what happened to me and what I wanted to share with you personally is what happened to me on February 12, 2013. Again, that, that basilica, as I call it, uh, was a very meaningful place that I could see in my, in my meditations at the time. Again, my, my, my psyche, in a sense, was drawn to this place, and obviously for a reason. So on February 12, um, 2013, which was the day before Ash Wednesday, two years ago, um, I did a meditation and I went back into that building uh, from that scene of the Lord of the Ring. And uh, as I moved closer to the heart of the basilica, there was an altar. And I could see a body lying on top of the stone coffin. And this one, I believe it was a Templar's body. He had a, a long sword, and the sword was lying on top of the body. I could see also that he was wearing a helmet. And the helmet has the, a piece of metal protecting his, his nose, so going down below the bottom of his nose. And... Um, I've had visions of Templars before, uh, but it was the first time the way I saw um, a, a Templar like this one lying down on, on a stone coffin in a, in a sacred building of that kind. And, and um, the thought that I had at the time is that maybe something in me was dying. Why is it that I was seeing a, a Templar's corpse, you know, lying on, on a stone coffin? What was the meaning of it? And I knew it was Ash Wednesday the next day, but I didn't make too much of a connection. And nothing happened the next day. Uh, the next day again was Ash Wednesday. Um, I'm no longer a Catholic, so this, this day not, didn't have any real meaning for me. 
But what I the next day, uh, the first day, or two days after my vision was my, the regular uh, schedule for my uh, for my session with my coach. So I informed him of what um, had happened two days prior, and um, also gave him some expectations. And I said, you know, is it possible for us to go back to that building and see who is there? And um, and that's what we did. We went back to that sacred building that, that morning uh, during our session after the ritual that we engage in to, to warm up, in a sense, the, the, the context and uh, to get me involved. And I could see, then I could see the temple, the same temple that was lying down on the stone coffin two days prior. I could see him alive and uh, receiving inspiration, uh, inspiration and courage. Uh, before embarking on what I call uh, his personal crusade. And um, I discussed that with my, what I was feeling and sensing at the time, and it felt as if I were receiving a blessing from the source. And I felt that this blessing was going all the way up to my sword and then into my body, for the root chakra, for my root chakra. It was moving up my into my body. And it was like a a form of new energy, a form of, uh, I have to call it that way, a form of renewal, a form of, um, of rebirth. Um, it felt like a rebirth when I received a new mission. And the mission was about spreading peace and love upon the earth. And uh, it felt a bit like a new, a new beginning. But um, a few months later, uh, I couldn't quite, you know, connect to the experience. It's not like uh, something unusual was going into my life, but um, it was definitely a very, a very meaningful, uh, a meaningful place to be. And and again, uh, there was a reason that I found that place on Tuesday, and I went back to it on Thursday when I found myself alive in a new, uh, in a new dimension, in a new dimension of me. So I don't know what, what's really died in me that two days prior uh, and the few years that I lived prior. Um, maybe I was only a shell, a shell of myself and something else at a deeper level got activated. Uh, it's interesting also because um, at the same time I had that experience when I was with my coach, he asked me, um, he asked me what comes to mind and a thing that comes to mind is the first verse of the prayer, the prayer of uh, St. Francis of Assisi that I had met uh, a few months prior in December of 2012 while attending a retreat, a spiritual retreat in, in Colorado Springs. And um, the first line of this prayer um, just say, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. I repeat, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. And it's, um, it's, a, it's a very long prayer that I'm, since I have a bit more time before the break, I can read the prayer to you. It says, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope, where there is darkness, light, and where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, 
grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console, to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love, for it is in giving that we receive, it is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. So I could make a, you know, a close connection between the prayer and what I experienced in that basilica, the, the place that I call the basilica, you know, especially according to the, the first verse that came back to mind, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. And then the last one, it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. And I, and I think that's the meaning of that um, spiritual dying that we need to search. Um, I don't quite know how it happens. I don't have any recipe for, for doing it. Um, the good news, uh, however, that it may happen uh, subconsciously, it's one thing. It may also happen more than once. And um, which means that the more we die, the more we got reborn, and then the deeper we go into, uh, into our, our deeper self. As this person also, I mentioned this, this post on, on LinkedIn, he says, the path, the path is walked alone as the phoenix is a solitary bird. It's also a cycle where the process is not done once and then it is over. The phoenix does this over and over as we do symbolically. It is a process of death and rebirth over and over again. So that's what I've been reflecting on, you know, uh, especially uh, these past few days. It's not like I felt um, a new, uh, deeper spiritual death. But as I said last week, um, this is such a meaningful time. You know, Ash Wednesday followed by the beginning of the lunar year. Uh, what are we entering into? Um, it is possibly a new dimension. I can't, um, I can't really tell. Um, and I guess I'm not conscious of what is it that we are entering into. But um, I'm pretty sure that the future will tell. I didn't make any sense of my um, dark night of the soul for a good 18 or 19 years. And suddenly, because of what I read uh, from Eckhart Tolle, uh, I realized that what I went through uh, back in 1991 was a dark night of the soul, and that um, it may have opened up, you know, uh, into a, a, a deeper, a, a more profound uh, dimension of of my being with a capital B, the same being that uh, that Joseph Campbell um, talks about. So this is where I would like to to leave you now and I will see you shortly right after the break. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The latest business information is made simple with the Voice America Business Network. 
The professionals in the business world bring you live talk radio shows featuring an array of business topics, strategies for building wealth, sales and marketing, stock trading, investing, and business technology. Voice America business hosts are professionals in their fields and bring to the airwaves weekly business discussions that offer up-to-date information, advice, and education. The Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business talk. Could you be the next legendary leader? That question hinges on your courage and willingness to change. Join Maria Danley every week for Legendary Leaders, answering the higher calling. Be inspired by stories and legend and listen to legendary guests along with live channeling to help you answer your higher calling and become the legendary leader you are destined to be. The world is waiting for you. Step up and join the wave. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Nurturing the Spiritual Spelunker in All of Us with Giles Asselin. To reach the program, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to seeking at nurturingthegift.org. Now, back to the program. Yes, good afternoon or good evening again. This is Jill. Welcome back. Thank you very much for, for listening. In this last part of the show, I would like to, to tie things up in a sense between today's topic, um, what I, how I um, promoted the show with the story of the Arabian horse, which is a beautiful story, and the feedback I got from uh, my friend uh, Florence in Lille in France. And, and what pretty much what Florence was saying is, is that sometimes um, you can experience... Uh, she used the word tension. I think tension is a good one. The question is, you don't know how strong the tension is or how strong the tension can be. Um, so I would also use the word conflict. A conflict within oneself between uh, who you are, who you are meant to be, what you want to do, where you think your life is going, uh, and the expectations of society, and society with a capital S, which means it can be society as institutions, it could be the workplace, it could be your boss, it could be your company that want to transfer you to a place you don't want to go. These things are small and big in here. It could be your family as well. You may have a conflict or tension with your parents, with your siblings, uh, or at home with your spouse, with your kids. I mean, there's so many ways where that tension can, can exist and can create um, ripples, you know, ripples of, of doubts, you know. And, and sometimes the tension is good and sometimes it is not so good because, because you feel torn in between two directions. And if you listen too much to one, you're conflicted about the other and, and vice versa. And... Um, I don't have a personal, you know, a personal situation to share except what really comes to mind is the situation I was experiencing back in 2006-2007 when I wanted to leave my, my, the Buddhist organization I was part of. I could feel the tension growing. I could see, I could feel the 
unpleasantness and dissatisfaction. And I think you have to listen to that, especially when the voice, the voice, supposedly the small voice becomes more loud and keeps pushing you into one direction. Again, there's a reason. There's a reason why the expectation of your peers are the expectations of your superiors, even in a, in a lay Buddhist organization, do not meet your needs uh, anymore. And I think it's important. I think a very important uh, question I would ask myself is, uh, I, am I being nourished uh, spiritually, I guess? Uh, am I being nourished by what I experience, by the way I live, by the way I do? You know, if I do things only because uh, someone else is asking me to do it, it doesn't make any sense. Um, it's like devoid of meaning. It's like uh, I, I become an autom automated uh, person, an automaton. And um, once this happens, I guess it's really like a, an, almost, uh, an emergency in a sense that um, things are not going the, the way they're supposed to go. And, and, and I need to honor myself and I need to, to show myself some, some self-love and make the decision that I need to make. And so there's a, there's a story which is, I think fits very well into that framework, is how you being, uh, uh, how we're being uh, brought up in a sense. Um, uh, the French would say educated, even at home, uh, by our parents and our societies. It's uh, the story of the Arabian horse. Um, I will read the story, it's a fairly brief story. In the desert land of Arabian horse, horses, an orphan foal was raised by the family of camels. As the young colt grew, he did everything the camels did. He plodded tirelessly across the hot sands. He tottered large burdens of cargo on his back, and he watered his parched mouth at every oasis. Once he kicked up his heels in a sudden impulse to run, but then only swayed at a lumbering pace because that's the way camels, camels are supposed to run, aren't they? After many years of camel life, the Arabian steed grew old and tired. One day, as his weary eyes looked across a sea of land, he saw a magnificent horse galloping at full speed, like the wind, his shiny mane streaming out from his noble head. What a beautiful animal, exclaimed the elderly orphan. What is it? This is an Arabian horse, fastest and most beautiful of all the animals in our land, answered one of the camels. Wouldn't be wonderful to run like that, mused the old horse. But he put it out of his mind and died thinking he was a camel. He died thinking he was a camel. And again, in this case, it's the way the camels brought up the horse. They brought him up the camel way because that's the only way they knew. And if you think about your own personal upbringing, the parents, your parents, our parents, brought up us the way they did because that's the only way they knew. And some of the things we enjoy, some of the things we did not enjoy as much, and some of the things, some of the things we, we may have needed, um, we, we changed our... Some of the things that obviously needed to be changed uh, in our own uh, internal uh, landscape because we have a tendency to internalize a lot of things. But um, I think it's important with this, this context uh, to be true to oneself 
And what really comes down uh, for our own, uh, I would say, our own way of being, our own way of being into the world, the way we see ourselves, the way, the way we get called to do things. Um, it doesn't have to, again, it doesn't have to be a profession. It doesn't have to be work-related. It can take so many different um, possibilities and forms and shapes, I guess. Um, I think it's all our responsibility to shine the light. And shining the light um, doesn't mean we have to do paid work. It can be, I don't know what it can be, so much... Uh, there's so many examples of volunteer work that can be so fulfilling because we can make a difference and we can shine and we can be fulfilled. And at the same time, so many people can benefit from our, from our grace, from our light. And I think it's important, uh, if you're listening today, uh, to think about that, I guess. I want to talk next week about new beginnings and how do we prepare ourselves for new beginnings? Um, how do we answer our calling, um, providing it's a calling? I don't know if it's a sudden calling. I, I think in my case, and I think I mentioned that last week and the week before, it's been much more a question of dissatisfaction with a, with a situation that is pushing me um, both uh, in terms of my religion, uh, in 2008, but also my work for the past 20 years, that's something that is pushing me out of where I was. It's like there was a groove, a groove where I was uh, plowing like the, like the camel in a sense. Uh, I was plodding tirelessly across the hot sand of my religion for 20 years. I was feeling comfortable and I didn't feel any need to change until one day, you know, something, something happened. I started questioning things. And that's when you realize that I realized that um, I was reaching the end, the end of my rope. That uh, again, to use that metaphor, what was nourishing me, nourishing me for about 10, 15 years was no longer a nutrient. And I needed to find something else. I had grown um, beyond the proportions of my, of my current self. And that reminds me about um, the metaphor that I used in my very first episode about uh, the tree, you know, the tree that, um, that is being rooted within a garden. And then at some point, uh, the branches need to expand. They need to expand and spread wide, way out of the fence, way out of the gate uh, that surrounds the garden. Because if you contain yourself the same way the camel contains itself in his mind, then you're, you're shrinking yourself, you, you're restricting yourself. And, and what you have to offer to the world is more or less going to waste. And I think it's very important that we, we go within and we be honest with ourselves. And we look seriously at where we are, where we are what seems meaningful to us, and what, um, where we go from there. Again, it's not a process that happens uh, overnight, like, you know, Two days ago, I was dying in a stone coughing, and two days later, I got reborn, and I found, I found everything I needed to do. Um, again, I'm not sure that what is it that took place two years ago in, in that meaningful experience. 
but I, I've been uh, I've been trying to to follow that that lead in a sense that 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 line of spirit, if you want to put it this way, that that is leading me somewhere, uh, even though I don't get that many pointers. Uh, and sometimes patience, patience and, and resilience are our best uh, allies, allies um, along the path because we're not going to see right away uh, where this is going to lead us. And that's part of the challenge. So I wanted to, again, to read to you, if you haven't listened to the show last week, uh, the seven principles of living my heart's purpose. Uh, that were given to by my coach, and um, I wrote a few a few lines about this at the time um, when I started working with him. It was one of the early assignments, and um, the first question, you know, I am here for a reason. Why am I here? I still don't have a full answer, and that doesn't really matter. What really matters, honestly, is that I'm making progress along my path. And that day after day, I keep climbing the mountain. If there's a mountain to climb, if I'm going down the mountain, then I'm going down and I keep walking and I keep making sure that I'm going to get down to the bottom of the mountain. Uh, the second question is, I have a unique gift. What is my gift? Um, this is also a big question. And I, and I can't tell you what my gift is all about. It has to do with the light, uh, offering light to the world. But it's everyone's responsibility, as I said earlier on, to, to honor that light that shines from within and to offer it to the world. I need to give my gift in order to grow into my full potential. Exactly what the story about the Arabian horse tells. If you don't give your gift to the world, if you're not a horse, an Arabian horse, then you will remain a camel. You may be a good camel, but you have so much more potential and there are so many more ways you could possibly bless the world that if you don't make the effort to reach within and find out who you are, you're never going to be able to, to use your full potential. The fourth point is my gift is essential. The world is my gift just as much as I need to give it. Why does the world need my gift? Why do I have that is essential for the evolution of humanity and the earth at this time? We all have unique gifts, uh, unique reasons for, for being here, as I said earlier on at the beginning of the show. And it's something we need to, to honor, uh, something we need to, to address and to search for, I mean, in terms of, of doing some more spelunking. The fifth point is I'm giving my gift right now and the world is impacted by the emanation that I am vibrating in each moment. How does the world around me change when I give my gift? How does it change when I don't give my gift? And which world do I want to create for myself and others? Uh, we get back to this idea of responsibility here. You know, is the light off or is the light on? If we were all of us to shine our light at the same time, the world would be such a beautiful place. And unfortunately, or fortunately, there are still so many areas bask in the darkness. The sixth point is I honor my gift and I initiate myself into living my gift in the world. 
This is a self-initiation. What initiations have I already gone through in my life? And what gift did I receive from these previous initiations? What do I need to do now to tell myself that I'm fully committed to this path? It's a big question. We have to reinforce our own commitment every, every, every time, every day, every week. And finally, I leave my gift in the world. And the world is a different place because, it is, because of my gift. It's self-activation. Where would I be if I was fully expressing my gift in the world? How would the world around me be different if I was expressing my gift? And uh, upon these uh, beautiful questions, I will leave you. I will wish you again a uh, uh, happy and beautiful new lunar year. And I look forward to seeing you next week for, to celebrate those new beginnings. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Thank you for joining us on Nurturing the Spiritual Spelunker in All of Us. Your personal journey, assisted by your guide and companion, Giles Asselin, will continue next Thursday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be sure to tune in again. Thank you.